Cheers, y'all. Well, well, well. Well. Ooh, that's a party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and internet video extravaganza. Known to the entirety of the observable universe. Hi, Mom. As the world-class, indisputable king of smoke and drink, smoking and toasting. Hey, hey, so what you just heard is the dulcet tones of my friend Joel Swift. Uh, Cruz is out of town today, and um, speaking of which, it is uh, Mrs. Cruz, or Mary, uh, otherwise known as Mary. It's her birthday today, so happy birthday to her. Hope you guys are having a good time. Uh, Cruz uh, left town. He left us the keys to the convertible, so to speak, so we're going to drive this thing. Over a cliff? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Holding hands over a cliff, I don't know. <laughs> so I brought in, uh, I brought in my friend Joel, uh, Houston uh, uh, local good guy, entrepreneur, friend of mine for uh, last ooh, 10, 12 some odd years. Yeah, something like we that. We were both a while. little thinner back then, I think. <laughs> I used to have a neck. <laughs> that was back in the day. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, my. Uh, Club CCSD, the Connoisseur's Club of Smoking and Drinking. He's one of my brothers in the club uh, and has been president of the club and a few other things uh, going on there. But anyway, we have today a wonderful show lined up for you. We're going to have, uh, let's see, i got a couple lists to go through. You know we love lists on the show, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to, one of these days we're going to do a list of our favorite lists. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> what a recap. Not of our favorite lists. That's different. A list of our favorite <laughs> lists. That's very different. Um. So we'll have the uh, 20 best rye whiskey brands from 2020 from uh, Vine Pear, and we'll also have 11 delicious drinks to make for the fathers in your life. That should be fun to go through. Um, what else is going? Oh, yes, today, today, in a in a very good mythical morning kind of way, we're gonna have a bunch of beers in here that we're gonna taste. Not that they taste a lot of beers, but uh, we're gonna do it kind of uh, uh, the way they tend to set up their podcast. So we're gonna have a bunch of beers that have been aging for a substantial amount of time. Not necessarily intentionally aging, by the way. Maybe caught <laughs> some, in Some the may back, have been forgotten in about. The, the dark back corner of a refrigerator kind of aging. When, you, yeah. when you're actually reaching back in time in the refrigerator, yes, right. yes. Some of these go pretty far back, so, uh, so our um, so our idea with that is we're going to taste all these beers and we're going to tell you if they are past their prime or right on time. Oh, yeah. I just did that. Yep. <laughs> and uh, people may place their bets. I think there might be a few more past their prime than the right on times. But, uh, we're going to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, also, I think that uh, almost every drink we have on here is going to be at least 8% or higher, as as I like to have the show, you know, because uh, Cruz wants to keep the ABVs down. but. He's not here. That's right. So, <laughs> so we're just going to have fun with it. Um, on the way to the studio here, I actually stopped and had myself a cigar. I was going to tell you about it. Um, I uh, picked up a punch of all things. I don't, you know, I don't grab for punch very often. Punch is one of those brands that's a little ubiquitous. Um, and, and I tend to overlook them a lot of times just because they're always there. You know, you, you get used to it. It's kind of like Sam Adams beer. It's good, but... But you don't always reach for it because you're always looking for something new or something, sure. yeah, yep. something like that. Um, but I went, I saw a Classico uh, Punch Classico, and this was the Perfecto. This basically, this cigar looks a bit like a shillelagh, makes it kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't like shillelaghs? <laughs> yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, this is a beautiful little cigar. The uh, Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper is a uh, uh, dark brown, pretty smooth overall. Uh, it's got a Connecticut uh, broadleaf binder and a Honduran, Nicaraguan, Dicama uh, and uh, Dominican uh, 
filler in there, so a mix of a bunch of stuff. The appearance, dark brown, smooth overall, perfecto shape, classy blue and gold band with red highlights. Uh, very firm overall feel, too. Uh, it felt it felt like a good quality club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll it know what I mean like if you look one, at the picture. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> looks like, right? The uh, pre-light uh, sniff on this earthy leather, a little bit of, I, I got a little bit of what I'd call like a rum spice. Like you, like when you open up a spiced rum, it has a, a, a very particular kind of flavor. That's what I got on the top of that. The pre-light draw on this, uh, I used a clip. It was effortless draw on there. I got a little mocha, coffee, nuttiness, cashew. Now, we don't usually do it this way, but uh, Joel decided to pick up the same cigar I had. So we're yeah. going to kind of compare some those. We're going to go back and forth with today's uh so I'm much more of a novice when it comes to tobacco, so I appreciate the the back and forth that we had at the shop. Translation, Joel says, cigar good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really smooth. I thought it started really smooth. It's it's the right size. It seemed like the right price. Uh, I was So one of the things we were talking about over at the shop was, what would make you reach for this cigar over well, maybe something else that was sitting right beside it? So... Uh, Without giving away too much of uh, uh, the rest of my review, this cigar starts off, um, first off, just the appearance. First, it looks cool, okay? It does look cool. Like, it's a very cool, like, uh, you know, we all smoke the label, so to speak, at some point in time. But uh, this cigar was a very cool-looking cigar, and it's called Classico, and I hadn't seen it before. So I decided to pick that up instead of a bunch of other ones. So the appearance alone has some draw to it right. already. The, um, uh, the and fact by that... It's a, that it, it's, it's kind of fat on one end yes. and then tapers down, but it's cut so that it's not it's not like torpedo shapes necessarily. No, no. It's just sort of bulbous in the <laughs> middle to end part. It's, Was and, that and, what drew it? Drew you to it? Yeah, well, I like I like unusual shapes, too. Uh, unus- and this is a perfecto, but it's not like your classic perfecto. It's a very interesting shape. And again, you just have to, uh, if, if you get the video or if you look it up, you should be able to see what I'm talking about. It's not a very long cigar. This is a four and a half inch by 52, I think, uh, at its uh, at its biggest ring gauge. The um, uh, cigar itself is pretty small. It's not a very intimidating cigar. Uh, it is, however, uh, quite dark on a wrapper. The uh, initial light on this, I got a, a blast of coffee. Like, hmm. it really had this huge coffee flavor to me. A little bitter chocolate, uh, toast, very earthy kind of flavors, pepper at the back of the palate. Retrohale on this. This is when you gently breathe the smoke out of your nose. The retrohale on this was um, charred toast and peppers. It, it was very nice. I definitely peppers. picked up the pepper, yeah. for sure. And some of that, you know, might have been the coffee notes, too, that you can confuse the two occasionally. Yeah, that the bitter coffee and, right. the, uh, and, the, and the pepper can... But they go along really well For, together a yeah, lot of times. Agreed. That actually comes into play in a little bit with the retrohale um, uh, towards the end of this. The, uh, the, the first third of this, I thought nutty and coffee with slight chicory spice. Just an ever so slight. Ooh la la. Yeah. <laughs> I've tasted that in cigars before. That's uh, not terribly unusual for me, but uh, Cruz always uh, looks a little askance at me, so uh, I don't know if maybe that's just me. <laughs> that, that, that's the look. That's the chicory. look. Chicory. Okay. The what? Uh, this, the, the chicory specifically was grown on the south side of a mountain in the mm. Himalayas, and you can t- really tell. No, I'm, I'm making that True up. south or southeast? <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. Backed by mocha and toast. Uh, pepper and earth kind of create the foundation of the flavor on the cigar. The retrohale I got out of this was sweet coffee and pepper. This had a little bit of a flaky ash, but it had a great burn to it. So, moving on to the second third of the cigar, I would call this about a medium minus strength. This is not a uh, this is not a, um, a a very light cigar. This is this is a little bit bigger, but not huge. 
Uh, so if you're if you're into you you asked the question earlier, what would what would draw you to this cigar versus something else? If you're a smoker who really likes the mild cigars right. and you want to step up a little bit or try something with a little more robust flavor, this is a great place to go because this particular cigar had a whole bunch of interesting things going on. But I would call it, at this point in the cigar, I'd call it a medium minus, so just barely into the medium range. And then you said it was interesting, but it's also a fairly small package. So, yes. so it's like you're not committing for that for that much time, right? That's you like true. It, you don't yeah, like, time and it's wise, not that expensive either. So it's like... And getting to the price at the end of this, that that really will uh, will sum it up. The... Um, the uh, uh, the medium strength in the middle of this second third cashew sweetness was going through this. Cashews have a kind of a, a little bit of an oily sweetness to right. them that uh, when you try them, uh, and this had a lot of that kind of feeling in the back of the palate. Uh, coffee, toast, earthy, uh, retro hail with a sweet finish was really nice. Still a little bit of pepper in the retro hail, but a little more sweet in the middle of the cigar. It seems like the nuttiness really picked up at the second half there. The, yeah, I, the, I, I wasn't picking up on it until you mentioned it. It's the nuttiness. And toast, toast uh, ramped up in this too. It had it had a lot of those kind of kind of uh, darker char kind of flavors. So it was really nice. The uh, last third of this pepper ramps up along with the sweet nuttiness. The sweetness uh, kind of shows up on the lips a little bit too. It left a little sweetness on the lips, just natural from the tobacco. The strength ramped up to about a medium by the end of this, and I mean like I was just about burning my thumb by the end right. of this. Uh, but it ramped up a little bit right there. Flaky ash, great burn, guys. Here's where the where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. This cigar costs six dollars and twenty five cents. This is not an expensive cigar. This is just outside the price range of a lawnmower, okay? Um, the price to quality, six. If I spent $8 on a cigar, I would have felt just fine with it. And as you know, our price to quality works one through ten. Five is you get exactly what you pay for. Right. So if you're getting above five, I feel like this cigar was, I'm about to say it, punching above its weight class <laughs> <laughs> that's because it's a punch um and i think that uh i think that that's a great bang for the buck on this cigar at six dollars and 25 cents so that's another reason to grab this cigar and give it a try i enjoyed it yeah uh, mi mild enough for my tastes so and you are uh, interesting an occasional enough. cigar i'm smoker. an occasional cigar yeah smoker, yeah, yeah. So, what? A couple times a month, probably. I know. I, I seem to remember you had a, a thing for the Avo number twos. Was I'm a your, big fan of the Avos. Yeah, yeah, one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you tried their Synchro, by the way? I have not. That's really good. Uh, you want to ditch this and box. head back over? Yeah, <laughs> We're going to ditch this. We're going up to the cigar shop. <laughs> no, we're still here, folks. We're still here. We're coming back. Um, we're coming at you live from the studio today. So, uh we had a great time up at the uh, Casa de Monte Cristo this morning. Uh, looking forward to, we were talking to some of the guys up there. Maybe they're going to put together a list for us of uh, their top budget line cigars, like what they think is their best budget line cigars. I'm looking forward to that. Jason seemed really excited to give you yeah, that list. Yeah, so hopefully he'll have that list ready for me next week, and we'll be able to uh, put that on the show. That'll be a lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. So... Let's see. What do we got going on on the show today? We got a couple lists going on. We've got lots of stuff to drink. Lots of stuff to drink. By the way, here, let me give you a preview of what we brought. Mm. This, mm. <laughs> we're going back in time here. We got a DR12. That's from about 2014. Is that right? Um, I don't know. We got a DR6. That's from about... Bishop 6. Oh, uh, yeah, oh. Bishop 6. 
a Bigfoot from 2010. Bigfoot ale from 2010. And I just want to take a minute to say we both are a huge fan of American barley wines. <laughs> we we were sitting around the other night and talking about this. American barley wines are just not our favorites. I love barley wines. I do too. I, I love Sierra Nevada. One of my favorite styles, but American barley wines, they just, I don't like that big hop slap in there. Mm-mm. On top of all the sweetness, um, let's see what else we got. Oh, we got a couple Sisyphus in here. We got one from 2008. Okay. That's going back in time, right I, there. I think it's just now peaking. I think <laughs> it's perfect right now. <laughs> you think that one's right on time? Yeah. Thir- Thirteen years is the magic. Oh, there's the number. DR6. This is also from 2008. Look at the dust on the bottle. I think that dust is now permanently part of the bottle. Correct. So we, yeah, we. So we got a whole bunch of fun stuff in here. A Black Butte. Mm, no telling when this is from, right? Twenty-five. What's twenty-fifth oh, anniversary? 2014. 614. Yeah, so we go we're going way back in time. And that one's gonna be a gusher. This one's I, gonna be a gusher. I opened one of those not too long ago. You know more ago. about this one than I do. Yeah, it's the prairie gold. Yeah, back when Oklahoma only had one or two <laughs> decent breweries. <laughs> yeah, prairie's been around for a while now, haven't they? Uh, I think they got sold. Moved to Tulsa and I think they I think they sold to there's a brewery in southern Oklahoma that made crock beer. Crock beer? Yeah. What does that even mean? I I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, some of the beer styles that are coming out now, there's, I, don't, I don't really understand all of them. But that's okay. That's worth trying. So, yeah. So, anyway, we got a whole bunch of fun ones. And then you also brought um, a bottle of the Four Roses. Now, this is a, uh, a single-barrel uh, specially selected by Houston Watch Company. Tell me about this. So we went out a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, uh, and uh, went to Four Roses, picked out a barrel. This was with me and Eric Bogle, um, Brad Moore, etc. So Houston Watch Company is a bar downtown. It's a bar downtown. And it's a great little spot. Oh, it's so welcoming. It's, it's kind of, of in the older area, too. It is. It's in one, uh, one of the lofts buildings. Um, dark, quiet cool tiled floor pull up have a nice whiskey you want to have a uh, lone star and a old granddad they great do, they do have the drink specials with the lone star i saw that they last do. time we were there uh, eureka heights is, is often if not always on tap so that's another awesome mm-hmm. reason to go over there I, I just like the feel of it the ambiance you know you want to go in and and have a couple of whiskeys and have no one talk to you well, that's great you want to go in and meet new people that's great yeah, it's kind of one of those, uh, you walk in, it's kind of a shotgun style. Yeah. You walk in, the bar is all the way down the right-hand side, and it's a long bar. I think it's almost the entire length of Agreed, it before yeah. you hit the mm-hmm. bathrooms right towards yeah. the back. And uh, and then they got the whole back wall full of uh, uh, whiskey and liquor and everything else, uh, and then drink specials and things like that. It's a lot of fun. But it is the kind of place, like what you said, you can walk into this place and sit down at the bar a little further away from everybody, and the bartender will see how you're doing and wander off. Yep. Or you can go sit closer to people and just start up conversations. Because, yep. I mean, come on, we're in, we're in Houston. You start up a conversation with almost anybody. Right. And for all you smokers and or uh, nature lovers out there, people that love to sit outside in a balmy um, 98 in the evening, they have a nice little patio out front, too. Yep. yep. <laughs> so we went out a couple summers ago and did this barrel pick. Uh, we tasted seven different batches from Four Roses, and this was the one we chose. It's the OBSQ recipe. We'll get into it once we start sampling. I pulled up some information about the different recipes Four Roses have, which listeners probably, if you're familiar with Four Roses, you've probably heard the spiel before. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll explain that as get we go into along that. when we get into but, it. But, yeah, like, super excited to share it with you. I'm surprised awesome. we haven't tasted this already. You know, I've never actually done a barrel pick. 
And I totally want to get in on. Uh, we're all booked for the next time. Sorry, man. Oh man, sad. Ian. Just kidding. <laughs> Come along. It's so much fun. Uh, I bet it's fun. Like, like how how can it not be? Well, one way is that uh, barrel pick was on day two or three, and it's in Louisville, Kentucky. And so we spent the first couple of days sampling all of the bourbon that we wanted to sample before the yeah. Can you find bourbon in Louisville? You have to look. Yeah, <laughs> I love look anywhere. I love Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, every dive bar you go to, every bar will have top shelf bourbon because that's there. Yeah, that's that's what you do in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> so you can go to the dumpiest, diviest bar, and you don't where you don't want to use the chairs, right? It's just, right. It's just everything sticky and gross. But they're gonna have, they're gonna have Weller Twelve. Uh, they're gonna have whatever you want. We're the we're the the kind of place where the glasses are questionable and flavor the whiskey. Yes, <laughs> but you know whatever. It's a it's a it'll kill the germs. That's fine. <laughs> There's that. It also works as hand sanitizer. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna take a short break. We'll be uh, right back. We're gonna start some tasting. Mm. Uh, we're gonna find out if it's past its prime or it's right on time. We're gonna head uh, head off to. Um, some lists, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. How many dump buckets are we going to need? <laughs> well, we got these cups. <laughs> we got these cups. Podcast radio program known as Smoking and Toasting. Um, we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Fun and snarky cigar shirts uh, for the cigar lovers. MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. That's why. That's a good reason for almost anything. I have one of their shirts that says, You can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. And I just love that phrase, mostly because I think they got it from me. I like the one that says, cigar smokers appreciate a great butt. Yes. <laughs> that one's pretty fantastic as well. So we're going to uh, we're gonna get into tasting a few of these. So I figure what we're going to do, before we get into the questionable beers, we're going to start off with this um, Eureka Heights Nuke the Whales Bourbon Barrel Imperial Milk Stout. Now, conventional wisdom says that we probably shouldn't start a show with a 13% beer. But this is not a conventional show. Cruz isn't here. <laughs> And he left us. I keep getting some text messages from him. Should I? <laughs> he, I left his, he left his keys to the convertible, so to speak. I'm going to block the number. So, so we're going to go out and play. Okay. So this is 2017. This was the first year that we did this beer. Yeah, 13%. I think it came in maybe 12.8. We'll just say 13. It's close enough, I'm sure. We pass one of those on to of our course. Uh, producer over there. We try to keep him happy and drunk. For sure. As much as possible. And I need to put this pull this back up because I need to check my... Uh, Come and see who's out there today. Oh, Trenton Smith is out there. Bubba's watching. Maria Todd. Hello, Maria. Haven't seen you in a while. We need to get you back on the show. And Bruce Stark is driving, so uh, don't 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 watch the video while you're driving, Bruce. Mm. <laughs> I love that guy. So uh, this is the 2017. So this has been aging for four years now. Correct. And refrigerated. It smells fantastic. Mm-hmm. Picking up the bourbon. Woodford Reserve barrels is what this was aged on. Fantastic. Imperial milk stout. So, you know, uh, milk stout, you're going to get the milk sugars. You're not, it's not super hopped, right? That's right up our alley. I know. I love that. Yeah, nice and smooth. Put it on wood. So you're going to get some of the tannins. 
obviously, from, from aging. So it's going to complement sort of the sweetness in the beer and give it a little bit of extra complexity. And a it bit of does have bite. that real smooth uh, kind of silky mouthfeel to it as it well. It does with a bite. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of the end of the sip there. And people, don't get me wrong. I like hops. I just liked it to be used for good, not for evil. <laughs> evil is when you put it in a barley wine. Hop IPA. <laughs> we'll talk right? about that a little later. A, a whole style was invented to highlight hops, right? IPAs, right? Especially American IPAs. American. American. That's right. <laughs> Eagles and guns and all of it. Well, you know, uh, we were talking about the barley wines the other evening, and you mentioned, um, and you mentioned that, uh, well, of course, you have to put the word American in front of it, and then Americans aren't known for their subtlety, I believe, is a direct quote. So, of course, they hop of course. not out of it. Yeah, well, I mean. We, you, we've been on this uh, uh, anti-American barley wine rant for a little while. <laughs> Let's get off it. This Nuke the Whales is absolutely delicious. There's a dryness to the finish mm-hmm. that I really enjoy, too, that, that has that uh, oak dryness. For, for sure. Finish, almost like a wine does. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Lots of chocolate in the nose. What's the process of coming up with a beer like this at a brewery? How does it start? Well, we didn't invent the bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout, for one. Right, that was... That's a style that uh, goes back a, a while. The Bourbon That's County a, brand stout, yeah, yeah. right? For example, um, Goose Island. Yep, one of the, if not the first example of the style. Um, for us, we you know, so you've had Mu Caliente, which is the mm-hmm. spiced milk stout. So milk stouts are sort of in in Eureka Heights's bloodline, and so for this particular one, you know, anytime you're brewing. Um, it's such a it's such a great question to ask. How do you come up with a recipe? <laughs> what do you decide? So you beg, borrow, and steal, uh-huh. and then you have great brewers to actually put it together. I right? love that. Does it does it start with a concept? I'd like to have a beer like this, or does it just come out of? It's usually we need to I fill want, out the line. It's well for this particular beer. I don't think there was anyone on staff. Who didn't think that we needed a barrel-aged imperial stout? (laughs) I mean, who doesn't need that? And we're kind of known for our lower gravity beers, especially in the early days. Your line is all very sessionable, starting from Buckle Bunny, which I think is an absolute brilliant beer. And I'm not the only one, as you got a GABF uh, gold medal for that beer. The first year we entered it. Yeah, Yeah, that's fantastic. You also have uh, have a few IPAs. You have... um, and you always have hilarious little sayings and stuff on the side of mm-hmm. the, the sense of humor that pervades the, yeah. the brewery. Is well, you know, awesome. they say it. You know, it takes a it takes a village, right? It takes a team, but really, it's just all me. <laughs> it's all Joel. <laughs> uh, I also want to point out that at some point in time during the show, we're going to be trying this. And here's what I'm talking about with the funny names. This is Fizzy Pants. Fizzy Pants is their line of hard seltzer. Uh, you have what four flavors? Grapefruit. Four flavors. Uh, yep. Peach, watermelon, strawberry. Yep. Watermelon, strawberry. Huh. We're That's right. This. Yes, and just in the mix packs. And just in the mix packs. So yep. we've tried a beer that we knew was going to be good. This one is right on time, by the way. Right on time. Agreed. Right on time. Uh, the harshness. There's no harshness here. So they're still very smooth. There's no off flavors. It's smells good it's drinking good um what within, is with anything you want to keep it refrigerated this has been refrigerated for four so years so i'm sure so we have helps. a lot of people out there who don't um 
who don't age beers. Um, uh, uh, and yeah. most, and, and so what are the benefits of aging a beer and what styles would you say would be good for aging? So great. So, um, which styles? So most beer is not good for aging, right? Anything that, that needs to be drunk fresh, anything that has any volatile light aromas, anything you want to capture, uh, specifically IPAs. Yeah, IPAs right? should be fresh. They should always be fresh. Like so the fresher, the better. Anything that's hop, anything that's hop, forward. hop aroma, right, that wants to the highlight hop aroma, those, those volatiles disappear with time, and so you lose that. The old saying about if you want to make a really good American barley wine, Start with the double IPA. Put in the <laughs> just back, age it. Just age it, right? And <laughs> yeah. then you're going to get you know, the American much. barley wine, right? All of the, the, the volatiles will, will disappear, and you'll just be left with that bitterness at the end. So I have, uh, to back that up, I actually have a few bottles of 120-minute uh, in my fridge that mm. have been in there for a couple years. They mm. don't last longer than a couple years because mm. I get impatient. Mm-hmm. But, man, they age well, and they turn really good that is one of the exceptions to you know i I do like hoppy beers but they got to be that kind of good right for sure you know that makes a difference so good styles that that age you know you're anything that's really not hop forward yeah so stuff like stouts stouts they they're great for aging old ales old ales some of your uh english styles that are really malt forward are good for aging you know saint arnold's uh pumpkinator Mm -hmm. right when you drink it fresh it's like spice in your face, yeah, yeah. right? People love that. I'm, I, and I think it's a great beer. I think one year old Pumpkinator is so much better. I was gonna say one to two pump. years old really it's, mellows it out. That is its like peak time for me, right? For yeah. my palate, and everyone's different. Um, but yeah, I, I'll go buy a couple of bottles of that and put it in the fridge and intentionally age those because I think. You, after the first year, after the second year's right, that's its prime. You got to have a me. lot of patience to just leave it a beer in the fridge, or just have so much beer that it doesn't matter. So, speaking of which, let's go back in Segway. time now. <laughs> let's, uh, why don't you a, pick? Let's find a counterexample. <laughs> why don't you pick a beer out of our uh, trove of beers here mm-hmm. to go back in time with? Okay, well, so here's here's one I pulled out. This is from Avery, and this is a barrel aged sour ale. And sour beer is another style that sometimes is good for aging because a lot of times they'll have live uh, Britannomyces yeast or they'll have bacteria um, in the beer that'll make it, that'll, it'll change over time, right? So the, the bacteria and yeast will continue to work on residual sugars. And a lot of the sour beers will taste completely different, smell completely different, be a completely different experience fresh than they are, you know, after a, a couple of years. And it kind of depends what you like for that particular beer, if that's your thing, right? If you, you, one of the best sour breweries or wild breweries in the United States, Russian River, right? Mm. So, so they're known for a lot of the wild cultures, the Sinambic, what they call it, Sonoma Lambic. Um, and so many of their beers, uh, completely different experience, fresh versus aged, and not that one's better than the other, right? Fresh... Um, consecration has a particular profile, and age consecration has a different profile, and they're right. both great. So you really need to buy some, set some aside, drink some fresh, and let some sit. And you so that means you have to buy all. twice as much beer every time you shop, so you can set some back. But you should do that with all craft breweries. <laughs> can you pronounce the name of this beer? <laughs> I looked it up earlier. 
Quinque Partit, which I, I Googled it earlier to ask to, to find out what the hell that's about. It's like being split, uh, divided into or composed of five parts. Ah, there's a story there, I'm sure. And then someone said, hey, we got five parts in this beer. We need to come up with a word. Right. <laughs> so this particular one, 37% of the ale was aged in Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. 25 in Chardonnay barrels, 21% in port barrels, 17% in Zinfandel barrels. That's pretty complex. Coming in at 9.91% alcohol by volume. Bottled May 6th, 2010. So yeah. this has 11 years on it. And get, oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to pass. Mm. <laughs> sip, sip, pass. How rude. Please. You get that? You get that, that malt vinegar? That sour right there off the, uh, right there off the top of malt the... Malt vinegar. Oh, I love that. <laughs> You're making that look. I got to see the face you make me, Chaz. Well, are we past its prime or right on time? That is definitely... Ooh, and it has a dryness, too. That is... I don't know what this was like fresh, but I would say this is still good. This is definitely still good. This has this great little kind of... Um, Micro fizziness that sticks on your tongue. Micro fizziness. Yes, micro fizzies. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> we still call you that. Hmm. Yeah, malt vinegar, but not not it's, so much. Not not that acetic sort of melt the enamel off your teeth kind of vinegar, right? It's, it's it doesn't leave your mouth harsh like mm -hmm. some of them can do. They can leave your mouth like. Like kind of feeling a little raw. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, the the malt is still there. There's a nice malt vinegar. Finish is dry. Oh yeah. Avery, quinque partite. Right on time, I think. Agreed. Yeah, this is still pretty good as far as the sour ale goes. I've got no problems with this. Mm -hmm. If you have any, I would say drink it now. I think it's probably not going to last much longer. Yeah, at 11 years, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Maybe just another five or six. So drink in the next five or six. I want to point out the amount of beers. I'm going to pick the next one, I think. Okay. Uh, the amount of beers. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. And we can. How are we doing on time, Adam? Uh, 12 minutes. All right. That gives us that gives us eight minutes to rant. Okay. And I. On, on Bigfoot Ale. Right. And so, yeah, let me give a couple of disclaimers here. I think, you know, being in the industry, I, I don't badmouth other breweries. And I love Sierra Nevada. I do, too. I absolutely love Sierra Nevada. This, and it's not the, anything about this beer. It's about this style. It's just not my favorite style. So I want to draw a very clear distinction. I don't need any, uh, any hate mail from the Foam Rangers telling me what an idiot I am. <laughs> You know, I, so that's and that is literally just our uh, our uh, palates. Uh, I love barley wines. I love the big, sticky, ridiculous sweetness in a barley wine. If you don't mind, go ahead and tell people what you're tasting on that. I'm going to grab a napkin before this starts spilling on the floor. That is malt. That is almost all malt. And <clears throat> there's a little bit of hops, hop left there too. Uh, a little bit of iced tea, right? You get some of that. How many people out there have some 2010 Bigfoot 
that they're sampling along with us. Hey, gentlemen. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> mm. Anybody? Yeah, I, uh, I made a little uh, faux pas here and spilled this. So uh, you were talking about it. I missed the whole thing because I was getting uh, some napkins to wipe up this thing in the studio. Okay, so as much... It smells... As much BS as we just spewed about not liking American barley wines, this is pretty good. It's minty on the end. So there's definitely malt. This is so brutally hoppy. Like, the, <laughs> the malt is there. The malt is there. It's a little buried under the uh, the hop bitter. I think in 2010 this would have... It's got a... Mm. It's got a... Uh, I just chewed on a, a bunch of pine needles kind of mm, thing going mm. on at the very end of this. Mm -hmm. I'm not... I'm not loving this uh, totally. I, I I would have to say, past its prime on this one. Hmm. <laughs> I might have to disagree a little oh, yeah? bit there. <laughs> I might be a convert for this particular batch for 2010. I'm digging it. So you were talking about 120 minute. Yes. So how does this compare to 120 minute for you? Right. Similar color. Similar in color. Now, the 120 minute, just thinking about 120 minute makes my mouth water. It's so malty, though. It's so malty. Like there's, and it's so balanced. As weird as that may be for something that's brewed like at 18% or whatever it is. <laughs> this to me, this is too bitter. Hmm. This bitter has taken over this beer, and I think this is past its prime. Hmm. But you may disagree. I'm going to disagree with you. All right. I would actually have, I'd have more. What you do you guys think? would have more even? Yeah. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, get out of the whole room. I'm the only one that doesn't like this. I'm getting a new co-host. So I, I'll be honest, I've had Bigfoot Ale, uh, brand new fresh, and it's it's okay. I just, American barley wine's not my thing. I just, mm. when I have that profile idea in my head, I think that might be part of it too, is I get that profile idea in my head. If this was called a double IPA, I might even like it more. Oh, do you have a Sharpie? Let's correct this. <laughs> but you have to admit, it's right there on the border, right? <laughs> it's really not my favorite style. <laughs> but as, but uh, I'll I say I'm pleasantly surprised. I guess it's drinkable, but yeah, I'm not. I'm 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 I'm, go I'm definitely sticking with Passes Prime on this one. So they should put that on the on the packaging. I guess it's drinkable. I guess it's, it's smoking drinkable. and toasting. <laughs> We're going to take a short break. We'll come back in just a few minutes with a short uh, short clip, maybe start uh, one of our lists and uh, talk about it. we got a couple friends in the studio over here, too, so we're going to say hi to them. Awesome. Back here, uh, sorry, I waited till the fade out here. I was reading all the comments. I got a little distracted. It's usually not my uh, not my job to come in on these, so it's a little strange to me. Today's show is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. My MyCigarShirts. <laughs> speak to a whole rest of the show that way. MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, great uh, cigar shirts designed for cigar smokers. Go check them out. All uh, starting at under $20. Have some fantastic new designs for the uh, for the summertime out there. MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. We're gonna do a little bit of a lightning round here on some of these uh, 
past its prime or right on time aged beers. I see that you pulled out a 2008 Sisyphus there. Uh, that's the 2012. Oh, that's the 2012? Would you prefer the 2008? I mean, uh, if we're we should do probably it. try those back to back. I mean, because Sisyphus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also a barley wine. <laughs> We're going, we're going heavy today. It's a good thing we're not. Uh, so I want to say uh, thanks last week to uh, Trenton Smith for being on the show. He's fantastic. He said that uh, punch. Uh, he said that uh, cigar smoke looked like the uh, punch champion from decades ago. As a matter of fact, they call it the champion that particular size. So I think they're uh, hailing back to that one from decades ago. It was a great little cigar that I did. Cool, cool. So uh, we got a uh, uh, Wiki Brian watching everything on here. Um, we got Liliana Rodriguez. We got a whole bunch of people on here. It's fantastic. I'm having a lot of fun today. Today's show is a little off the rails. Cruz isn't here to back us down. So we're trying all beers that are like, you know, 8% and above. And then we're going to play with matches in the parking lot. <laughs> we're also going to play with matches in the parking lot. That's nice, nicely put. All awesome. right, so this is the 08 Sisyphus. This smells good. Well, then you like malt because this is all I love malt. malt. This smells good. This smells like almost like a classic like malt from a malt shop kind mm -hmm. of malt this smells like beer that hasn't that, that you're brewing that you haven't put mm -hmm. hops in yet wow this is actually still pretty good it's, it's a little flat it's flat it's very flat. i would totally drink more of that yes it's very flat what is uh maybe you should comes mix, in at what 11 you should mix that and the bigfoot together <laughs> We can try it. Custom we can, blend. We can start our own custom blends and stuff. Sisyphus. Which one was this? The that 12? was the 08. Oh, that's the 08. So Sisyphus, still legit so after all these years. 13 years? Is, would you say that's the prime aging? I don't know. Let's try this 12 and see what happens. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a jagged vertical. <laughs> Ooh, this is a little funky. This one has... So there's more hop in the nose on this. There is. It's that. It's that. Uh, it's got a little bit of that dirty sock nose to it. It does. That's but the, the flavor is actually silkier, and there's a little bit of carbonation in this still. Mm -hmm. It's got a little oh, bit of. Yeah. Mm. It's got a little bit of uh, burnt pine cone in the back end of it. Also a little minty. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I see that. This is oddly good, though. Uh, yeah, for I, sure. I'm, I'm okay I, with this one. I'm okay with this one too. I, I, right on time. I think. I think I actually like the 08 better, though. I like the the more just mellow. straight malt. Just, just straight. Just flat straight malt, malt liquid. Right? Just <laughs> mill up some barley just and mill up barley. Drop Get it in a tea bag. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm okay with that though. All right, mm. you pulled out a few here. We got mm. a, we got a quick round here. What else we got going on today? This is, I think, uh, Bishop's Two. Bishop's Two. Do we know what Bishop's Two is? I have a, a quick reference here. I can pull out. Let's see. Let's go to here. Let's go to this Bishop's Barrel series. So the very first Bishop's Barrel. So this is old ale aged in Chardonnay barrels oh, with are, cherries. Yeah. What year was this? Uh, this was bottled in 2013. 2013. All the right. date it was brewed was November 2nd, 2011. Do you remember what you were doing on that day? 
I don't. I'm just asking you because it's funny. Hmm. So, yeah, taste has a cherry and light malt up front, Chardonnay in the middle, and finishes with a dry, distinct tartness. This, uh, this is interesting because the nose is real subtle on this. Like, I'm not getting a whole lot. Yeah. But I, I it can almost get some of the you cherry. You get some of the wine, uh, some of the wine barrel you get, and probably a little bit of the cherry. Yeah, definitely get oh. some of the cherry. Okay. This has picked up some sour over the years. Because I don't think this was and it might sour when it sour. came out. Uh, I think this was one that wasn't necessarily... It might have had a touch of sour, but I think... It's barrel-aged, so it's going to have some funk. You can't can't really sanitize a barrel. Uh, this came from uh, Brock Wagner's Cousins Winery in Napa. From Saintsbury. Hmm. Uh, I, I like so this. So this started off. Okay, so this started off as Christmas ale, and then they oh, added cherries. Oh, old ale, of course. Yeah, this is Christmas ale with cherries on yeah. oak. Well, all right then. This is still drinkable. It might be past its prime, but it's still drinkable. It might be past its prime, but I, I would totally, I wouldn't let this bottle go to waste. No, no, we're gonna finish that one. Yeah, <laughs> we got to take notes of the ones we like because we're gonna drink those. Between before. that and the Avery, which one do you like more? Uh, the Avery was really good, though. Avery was really good. And completely different beer. Very right? different. I like the way that sour aged, though. Mm -hmm. This is interesting, though. The first sip of it was a little polarizing. The second and third sips get a little better and better. So, I don't know. That spice in there is still lingering on this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, which one do I like better? I'd probably go with the Avery. Yeah? Mm. That would probably be my go-to. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to use this uh, little bit of Nuke the Whales here I have left as a palate cleanser. That's smart. You want to go with something neutral. <laughs> <laughs> this is a beer. Uh, and uh, Holy cow. Do you have a little of that Nuke of the Whales left? It makes it taste like a, like a chocolate cream pie. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. No, I don't. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, We're gonna my, try this. Yeah, this is this is one of those things dark. I love to do on this show because we get to taste things back to back, and just seeing how different things interact with different beers. Watch this. It's like like a silky chocolate cream pie. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That's awesome. <laughs> this is turning out much better than I expected it to. Right. <laughs> so here's a surprise. Uh, let's do this last one. And which one is the last one? This is a Kolsch. Oh, this was the unlabeled one. Mm-hmm. It's very perfumey. Um, I that is a that is a very apt assessment. Very perfumey. Yeah, but you wouldn't normally get out of a Kolsch. Mm-mm. This is a homebrew that I made uh, probably ten years ago. It's oddly good though. So all of you at home drinking my homebrew. Open up the Colts from 2011. 2011. It's oddly good. It almost has a kind of a lavendery kind of thing it going does, on. It does, yeah. As weird as that, that was intended. Sound. It's drinkable. It's got a little bitter on the end, which I kind of like. Hmm. Like bitter in oh, a good you way. Like bitter. Like, yeah, I like it. Dude, I love the fact that Eureka Heights makes an ESB. Hardly anybody makes an ESB, and I love the fact that you guys make it. I try to drink all of it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. We're gonna Metal winning. <laughs> That's nice. We're going to take a very short break. We'll be right back with. Smoking and toasting. This is 
Are you getting samples? We were running. A couple more of these 13% beers. I'm going to be taking my shirt off to this music. <laughs> Welcome back to Smoking Toasting. We're now starting to talk like Barry White because we've had too many big beers. Topless episode. <laughs> that's, a, that's less sexy than we wanted to Yeah, be. we don't want that. <laughs> oh, man. Our comments have got to be going crazy again. Wiki Brian said he's talking nerd again. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How about Bring Back Cruise? How many of those do we have? <laughs> bring Back Cruise. Cruise, where are you? <laughs> the, cool, the guy's so cool, they named an entire way of vacationing after him. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of cruise, we miss you today, but we're having fun without you. Thanks for giving us keys to the convertible. We're going to go play with it uh, here. Which one are we? Oh, you got the Founders Porter from 20. So as, as we're 14? trying this... 2014 Founders Porter. I love Founders Porter. It says dark, rich, and sexy on there. I believe that describes my life. Mm. So it got real quiet in here. What just happened? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 nobody's there to back me up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, we're brought to you by CigarShirts.com. Buy CigarShirts.com. They got great shirts and stuff. Snarky uh, cigar sayings. They uh, they have. Uh, I don't know if anyone's wearing masks anymore, but they have the. As soon as I take this mask off, I'm gonna have a cigar. Smoke a cigar. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, <clears throat> some places are wearing masks. Uh, you got to kind of gauge it by when you walk in now, like see what what the climate, the social climate is for each place. Mm-hmm. Here in Texas, anyway. 11 cocktails to make for Father's Day. There's a drink on this list to please any type of dad. This is off of uh, liquor.com. Have you ever gone to liquor.com and checked out the website? I've not. Oh, they got all kinds of cool stuff on there. It's one of those websites where you just fish around for a while and have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> like all kinds like of Like any fun. alcoholic yeah. would. <laughs> it's good to drink while you're doing it, too. Yeah, for uh, sure. Let's see. Um, the number one uh, number one is the Gold Rush. This is a twist on a whiskey sour. Takes the usual bourbon and lemon juice and adds honey syrup into the mix rather than the usual simple syrup. It's a small change makes a big difference in this easy yet delicious three ingredient cocktail. I like my cocktails generally to have one to two ingredients. It's usually whiskey and ice. Mm-hmm. Like the whole recipe. Sometimes in the name. ice. i'm terrible at making cocktails are you pretty good at making drinks no i'm definitely Uh, not i'm bad i'm definitely not good at it if you ask for a whiskey soda i will get the i will get it off i will not do it right no i have a a little book where i wrote down like five recipes and i'm still learning them (laughs) nice it's like and no none of them have any more than three ingredients So, so i say all this that i'm terrible at making cocktails i can make a hell of a uh, martini. Oh, okay. Which is a pretty simple cocktail to make sure. if you do it right. What's funny is it's easier to do it right than it is to do it wrong. So many people do it wrong. And lately, since we had uh, Chris Morris on the show, he brought us in. He brought in some. Uh, 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 he's he's our local mixologist, mm-hmm. um, and he made us back to back the exact same drink, but one shake and one stirred. Mm. 
and we universally liked the stirred martini better. It was fantastic. So I've been doing a lot of stirred martinis at the house, actually. The uh, number two, Bloody Maria, get Dad's Day started off with the daytime drink. An agave spirit twist on the uh, Bloody Mary tequila swapped for the usual vodka adds additional complexity in the other ingredients. Uh, tomato and lemon juices, Tabasco, Tapatio, Worcestershire sauce, a dollop of, I don't know how to say this. We're, we're just, we're, we're Nailed just, it. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watermelon sauce, a dollop of horseradish, celery salt, and black pepper. Give the drink an aggressive, uh, savory complexity. Finish it off by garnishing garnishing it to high heck with delicious accoutrements. I want to tell you, we had uh, Smoke and Mary on here um, on the show recently, and her Bloody Mary mix is amazing. So if you want to just pour a Bloody Mary mix into it, that is amazing right out of the bottle. And I also use it as pizza sauce. Fantastic. Not joking about that. Huh. What do you call a bourbon Bloody Mary? Because I had one in Louisville when I was there. A bloody bourbon? Is that is that, is that what you <laughs> I call? I don't know. It? I just made that up. Have you ever had one? No. Is it good? No. Those people in <laughs> those people in Louisville are crazy. No, it's they're horrible. They just put bourbon in everything. Yeah. I ordered a rum cake. I got bourbon in it. Which sounds like a great idea. On the surface, I'm I'm for it. Wow, this is roasty. <clears throat> it is quite. This tastes like burnt coffee. Mm-hmm. In the kind of a good founders way. Founders Porter. This is the oh yeah, this is the founder Porter. Yeah, for 2014. Still has carbonation. Still has carbonation. Uh, this stands up. I think it's it's bitter. It's very bitter. It's a lot more bitter than it is. It's a little more aggressive than it is um, fresh. Yeah. Normally, but it's yeah. drinkable. We're gonna see in a minute because it's starting to get astringent in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> if I start puckering, that's what happens. Let's see what we got. Old Pal is uh, number three on this drink. If Dad loves a, ne- a Negroni, ugh. Oh, I'm a huge fan. Are you? Oh, yeah. yes. Mm. <laughs> Talk about astringent yeah, in your what mouth. what I like. <laughs> He's sure to like this classic rye whiskey-fueled riff, similar to uh, Boulevardier. Boulevardier. Mm-hmm. Boulevardier. Thank mm-hmm. you. I knew that. I said the word. The recipe mm-hmm. calls. It's easy for you to say. The recipe calls for equal parts of rye whiskey, Campari, and dry vermouth. That just makes my mouth dry. Mm. Like, like, Perfection. so dry thinking about it. Rendering a lighter, drier, even drier version of the common formula. So that's a that's an interesting one called Introduce Old Pal. Yeah, uh, you know, I've had, some, of I've sand. had some Negroni uh, drink. That's not really for me, I think. The uh, number four, Dark and Stormy. Ooh, that sounds dramatic, right? Uh, this refreshing trio of dark rum, ginger beer, and lime juice is a classic combination. simply ideal for sipping outdoors. That actually sounds really pretty good. Yeah, Dark and Stormy is good. To make the official version, you need Gosling's Black Seal Rum. But in reality, any dark rum will do, whether black strap, spiced, or any other kind Dad prefers. I actually just finished my bottle of Gosling's not too long ago. I finished it because it had been sitting there for so long. I was like, man, this bottle needs to go away. It's literally been sitting there for like eight years or something like that with, with about a third of a bottle in there. So sometimes it's just got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, whiskey Smash, it's number five. house cleaning. Legendary bartender Dale DeGroff reintroduces classic cocktail cocktail to contemporary drinkers a fruity relative of the mint julep this drink adds a muddled lemon wedge uh to bourbon simple syrup mint leaves and it's sure to be a smash with any dad Hmm. that sounds kind of fun the sour shandy number six take dad's usual brew and give it a fun twist with this drink from Speed Rack, co-founder, uh, Lama, co-founder and Llama Group Beverage Director, Lynette Marrero. 
Hopefully I'm saying that right. Her twist on a shandy takes the usual lager and citrus combination, adds a homemade sour beer syrup, and a splash of clear spirit of dad's choice. So if you go to liquor.com, you can actually get the recipes for this. Uh, that if sounds any really interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. It's a sour beer syrup? Yeah, is sour that what syrup. And there's a recipe on here you can link to, to actually. I'm sure that it has all the details on that. Because that one's a little outside the box. That's like that's not something you just have on yourself. No, it's like, here, Dad, here's, some, here's a beer with some sour beer with a shot of vodka in it. Yeah, kind of. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> I'll mow the yard. Like, that's the best Father's Day gift probably of all time. Right? Uh, number seven, it's called the Perfect Manhattan. The classic Manhattan, simple yet elegant, is a drink of the sophisticated sorts. The uh, version, which calls for splitting the vermouth between the sweet and dry styles, lightens up the drink a bit. Um, while, while rye whiskey and uh, Angostura bitters keeps it perfect for evening sipping alongside a book and possibly a cigar. Mm. I have to say Manhattans do go well with cigars. For sure. Um, and it's also just a big-ass shot, which is you know right along the lines of things I like to drink. Slowly. Number eight, daiquiri. I feel like they're not stretching for this. Uh, if it's good enough for Hemingway and JFK, this most classic of cocktails is sure to please your father, too. The simple and sublime mix of rum, lime juice, and demera, demerara, mm-hmm. sugar syrup. Did I say it right? Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> uh, produces a bright and pleasantly sour drink that's easily that's easy to down by the trayful. Number nine, Sazerac. Mm. Uh, it's hard to go wrong with a Sazerac. Yeah. You know, uh, this classic cocktail, close relative to the old fashioned hails from New Orleans. It's hotly debated whether it was originally crafted with cognac or rye whiskey. Even at the um, Sazerac Brewery, I think they mentioned that it was originally with cognac uh, hmm. when I went on a tour there uh, a couple years back. I don't know. I'll um, take your word for it. But uh, it, was like that it was an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting tour at the Sazerac Brewery because it's right there in uh, New Orleans. It's really easy to find, and uh, we parked right up the road from it, right next to a bar, which made it easy to go have a beer at the bar, go to the Sazerac. Uh, we did the tour there, and they also have us. You are this... nothing if not efficient. Yes. <laughs> so we walked back to the car. We got to have more drinks, and then, yeah. So um, you see how this goes. But uh, they had a whole side area uh of the of the tour where you go taste a bunch of the bitters that they that wasn't a side area that was said it clearly was marked employees only (laughs) (laughs) that's why i wear a lab shirt everywhere i go Uh, i just look like i belong in the back (laughs) a little trick for everybody uh this classic cocktail i already read all that right uh recipe splits the difference employing both spirits as well as sugar cube and um both uh Peshad? Mm-hmm. Peshad? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Angostura bitters, along with the drink's sig- signature absinthe rinse, of course. Number 10 is called Hellfire. If your dad is a fan of beer and spice, he'll love this spice, uh, spicy shandy. It's easy to make, but the flavor pack's punch. To make it, simply combine lime juice, spice rum, Tabasco, and a splash of ginger beer. Then top it all with a Pilsner. Recommended drinking scenario near a grill piled high with dad's favorite foods. Perfect. Watching you read a web page is probably my favorite part of today. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're involved. And number eleven, last on this list. Oh, there's more. Chef's kiss. Oh yeah, there's more. Okay, good. Oh, I'll come up with another list. <laughs> Dude, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're okay, doing. Okay, all right. 
That that part where you don't talk, that's what that's, that part's awesome. That's your favorite part of yeah, this. Yeah, I love gotcha. that. This cocktail, distantly inspired by the last word, is a homage to bitter liquor uh, to the bitter liquor Frenet Branca. In this equal, are you just laughing at my pronunciations? I feel like I'm being. I'm laughing here. at other stuff about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, spitting on the mic. Uh, and his equal parts recipe, the Fernet uh, joins with the yellow chartreuse, lime, and demarara, whatever that word is, demarara, uh, syrup to render a complex cocktail is finished with black sea salt coated lime wheel. Okay. It looks really interesting. That is the list from liquor.com 11 cocktails. Um,. To make for Dan on Father's Day, and then the immediate one that comes afterwards is 11 Cocktails for Pride Month. You can look that up on your own. We'll cover that maybe later uh, hmm. this week. So, uh, the, the the porter, I think it's a little past his prime. I would say so. I don't think that they expected it to, to stick around for seven years. <laughs> it never does in my refrigerator. Yeah. Okay, uh, all right, so, so we're going to open this Prairie Gold. And you think it's going to go a little everywhere? I do. Do we need to open it in the other room? No, it'll be fine. Just would you have a couple of cups ready? I got, so I got a couple I cups this. here. All right. So if it gushes out, we can. All right. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two. I think you're past the gush. Okay. Well. Close enough. N- and now we get sort of this thing where it's oh, doing still going. This... <laughs> yeah, that's a happy beer. It is. <laughs> Extremely happy. Now, uh, I, I've had beers do that. That's ready. How did you know that this was about to happen? Because I opened one about a about a couple weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> and then there was a mad scramble. So you're already on top of this. So we uh, yeah. we, we we inadvertently poured a few of them already because it was gushing out of the bottle. Immediately, what causes that? Fermentation in the bottle. Bottle fermentation. So it builds up the pressure in there, and then just goes. Yeah, for sure. So there was still active yeast and bacteria in the bottle, and there was enough sugar for all of that to consume. And, uh, yeah, it sits on a shelf and continues to ferment. And Nice. I see we got Fred from uh, uh, from uh, Maduro's Cigar Lounge watching. Hi, Fred. How you doing? Have you ever been down to uh, Maduro's Cigar Lounge? I've not. It's out in the, uh, I can't remember the exact age. It's Texas City kind of area, Webster hmm. area. It's one of those. Really nice little lounge. Okay. Well, let's go some. Uh, what are you doing right now? Well, right after the show, I'm smoking no. a cigar. Perfect. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. <laughs> you guys don't get to see this behind the camera thing. We've got a couple friends sitting in the studio enjoying this whole thing, and they're, they're having fun, too. I feel like they're mocking us. A little bit. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm jealous. <laughs> so, um, this one's actually pretty good. It, yeah. Flavor's great. Aroma's great. Yeah, there's kind cap, of this cap removal experience. Not great. <laughs> well, at least you were prepared for it. You already knew. Like that didn't catch us off guard. So right. it's fantastic. Good play on uh, your book. Um, the fruitiness in this it has uh, that uh, that uh, that apricot kind of like right next to the stone. Right, like mm-hmm. they, that that memory right. It's a little bit bitter to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely has some of the bitterness. Citrus. Apricot, I think. How Apricot long has this one been in a bottle? I want to say this was. You were guessing this one didn't have a date 10 on years, it. I Ten say. years, I want to say. Ten years-ish. I'd say this one's right on time. Yeah? Yeah, there's. No telling. There's no marking on it. Oh, it's distributed by Shelton Brothers. He went out of business. How long ago? That could help date us. 
They went out of business, I think, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah, this is a good one. This is fun and funky and earthy. Fun and funky that, and earthy and everything. Horse blanket and a little bit of that, a little bit of that hay funk. All right. Coming up on a part of the show that everyone looks forward to. Drinking news. As we all know, I have a theme song for this. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his missing arm, he said, uh, gotta take that gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A petition urging Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the mm. Mona Lisa gains steam. I'm 100% behind this. <laughs> so, is she smiling? I just want to know what he's going to pair it with. She's <laughs> so so then, then it's our job. Have you? So you've heard of this before. I have, this is the first time I've ever heard of this, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard I'm of way so, up on the Jeff Bezos eating things so it's, news. <laughs> is there a website for that? Mm. That's, that's, that's almost as good as a Florida man, like as, right. a, as a title. Jeff Bezos eats. A petition urging uh, Jeff Bezos to buy Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa and eat it has gotten hundreds of signatures. Hundreds? Hundreds. Oh, that's not enough to make him that. do that. Nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa, and we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. The joke petition that went up a year ago in, on change.org and gave hundreds of signatures. Uh, Thursday reads, Gobble de Lisa. One signer wrote while another joked, I feel like this is something society needs. Jeff, we need you to make this sacrifice for society. Just tell him Elon Musk is already doing it. <laughs> and then he's going to jump right in there and do it first, I swear. Well, you know, so I think I think uh, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing to do, I think that on Smoking and Toasting, we need to take a stand as we need to figure out what would pair well with the Mona Lisa. I agree. What, what do you drink? With the Mona Lisa. We can't really afford the Mona Lisa. You think there's a Houston artist that would send us a reproduction of the Mona Lisa? So we, so can, we can taste, taste it? Yeah. And try it out? We could we could see about that. Okay. Because I'm sure a print version isn't going to taste the same. No. You'd, you'd have to have, you know, paint and canvas. For sure. And then it's actually, like, hasn't it been painted over? There's another picture underneath it or Probably. something like that. Was Did they do, like, some x-rays or something? Mm -hmm. There's, there's all kinds of weird history. What if you wipe it away and it's a picture of Jeff Bezos? I mean, everything I learned about art, I figured out in a Dan Brown book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know all kinds yeah. of art history now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Good call on that. Oh, no. Let's see what I just did. Um, yeah. The highest bid to join. Uh, this is the, Yeah, that's it. Jeff Bezos, so eat the Mona Lisa. There's, there's hundreds of people... Hundreds. That's it's just a little underwhelming once I read it. Yeah. Uh, I guess, but it is a thing. So that was it. That was time for drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We're going to try this Four Roses bourbon and some more beers. Past their prime. All right. We're right on time. We don't know. Ha <laughs> ha
Welcome back, Smoking and Toasting, everybody. Back to this fine uh, podcast radio program, uh, Tasting Extravaganza, mm. world famous. Uh, more than world famous. I mean, Intergalactically famous. Intergalactic. <laughs> That's nice. I love that. Uh, brought to you by CigarShirts.com. CigarShirts.com because cigars. Check out the website. That's a lot of fun. It's a very simple website. It's real easy to navigate. You will make decisions quickly. Um, also, go to it while you're drunk because you make your best decisions then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Drink a few beers. Go to it. Uh, so we have this uh, Houston Watch Company bottle selection, barrel selection from um, Four Roses. I'm kind of excited to get into this. Yeah? Well, why don't you pour us a couple of tasters? Let's do that. Let's see if we can get that. So this recipe is the OBS... Oh, that was amazing. That was actually very rewarding. Yes. I feel like all fresh after that. So this is the OBSQ. And if you look on the website, uh, they talk about two different grain bills and five different yeasts that uh, Four Roses uses to make their, to make their so bourbon. So every Four Roses that you uh, buy will have uh, a code on it. It's usually four, three or four letters. And that... Uh, you can look up now. They used to on some of them have the mash bill um, printed Described. on the back label, right. but uh, I think you just go to the website and you can look at what website, it is. Yeah. So this one says, "What did you say?" Ob Obsq Obsq, and that's going to tell you what mash bills they used to blend this. And oh, it's you know what, the ten recipes of Four Roses Burbs right here on the back. So they have uh, Obsq floral, because the rose yeast. petal spicy and medium body. And That's B is the high rye mash uh, mash bill. Are these clean? This one's clean. Okay, cool. We need to pass. We have to keep our uh, producer happy, or he starts asking for a raise. Mm -hmm. Or tells us not to light stuff on fire. That That's was not true cool. Too. Yeah, that was a little weird. Like, yeah. like, why wouldn't you want us to relate stuff on? Yeah. Fire? Pass these over to our guests. They well, can, absolutely will. They can help themselves. Yes. I happen to have a Four Roses Bourbon Glen Karen glass. So when we did the uh, the oh, barrel pick, yeah. So when when we did the barrel pick, this was the one of the seven that we it was the spiciest. It was had the most going on, and um, it was the OBSQ, right? Which you they, like it a spice? I like it. Apparently, we like it the spice. You like it a spice? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you get the spice. It smells absolutely fantastic. I get the floral right off the bat. It does. Ha it definitely has that. Um, that that really organic kind of floral nose to it, but and it it's also peppery. has yeah, it also has a little peppery and a little cinnamon going on right cinnamon, off the bat. Yeah. yeah, like big time. Mm. This is uh, this is pretty exciting. I'm watching their faces over there in the back of the studio. See what they're saying. This is barrel strength, by the way, and you definitely taste it. It's hot. Yeah, what's the proof coming in at? Would you mind passing mm. that bottle over here? I think it's 122. Ooh, ooh, that has a whiskey hug 61, right at the back of the palate. 61.1%. And spicy whiskey hug at that. Mm -hmm. This is a cinnamon bomb right off the bat. Ooh-wee. Yeah, 61%, so 122 proof. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you have a little uh, cup of water there. Let's, I want to put a drop of water. I would recommend a little bit. Drop of water here and try it that way. See what flavors open up. Right now, it's an absolute spicy cinnamon bomb. Interesting to see. It gets even more floral. And then 
you know, another shout out to Houston Watchco, of course, kind of a fanboy with those guys. Yeah, man. But, if you're in Houston, go go check them out. They're on the um, north side of downtown. Uh, what are they? Uh, don't ask me street names. Yeah, D- yeah downtown's so confusing. They're, they're not hard to find though. And um, Bayou Lofts, one of the lofts. Yeah, I, can't I don't know. So this almost opens up a little uh, rich uh, chocolatiness to it when oh, I put a little yeah. water in there. It's funny because uh, the initial taste is this very dense, like very dense packed flavors. The water opens it up a little bit, and I'm going to go a little bit more just for fun, Do see it. what happens. So for those of you out there um, listening, if you don't put water in your whiskey, you should try it. It'll change the flavor of the whiskey. Anyone who says, you know, the guy next to you at the bar, it's like, I can't believe you put water in that whiskey. Don't listen to that guy. He's just some dude at the bar that has no idea. He's probably the same guy that shoots whiskey instead of tasting it. You know and, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, drink what you like. Yeah. Right? Drink it the way you like I, it. There was a time when I was a younger man that I got really frustrated at people that weren't into craft beer or weren't into whatever. Homemade cheeseburgers or whatever it is, right? This whole slow food movement as people take more time and attention to food and drink it's great for some people some people just aren't into it and that's totally fine it's fine to have a palate that appreciates an american barley wine or one that doesn't there's no problem with either one of those two i'd recommend that you branch out every once in a while like this uh bigfoot 2010 bigfoot i didn't think i was gonna like tonight again love sierra nevada but I'm ple- super pleasantly surprised at this. This 2008 Sisyphus, are you kidding me? Where'd that come from? <laughs> and that's like overwhelmingly that's, that that was your, yeah, I think probably your that, favorite. Absolutely my These favorite. guys' favorite. Yeah. Uh, branch out. Try it. If you don't like it, that's fine. But try something new. Yeah. Put, a, put a little water in your whiskey. There's nothing wrong with it. A little water in whiskey. Right? Yeah. I agree. You know, and a lot of times... Uh, with whiskey, I I almost always try it neat first, and then I'll try it with water. And right. some, and, and I like to also put a, a cube of ice mm-hmm. and let it slowly melt in, and I'll sip on it as it goes through because you get to taste it neat. You get to taste it cold brings out different flavors and masks like darker flavors mm-hmm. and brings out brighter flavors. And then as that ice cube melts, you start opening up and getting those uh, those lighter, those floral kind of things like you're getting with the water in this whiskey. And, and then as it warms back up again, you start tasting the more malty, roasty flavors sure. that you get and more like the, uh, the oak barrel and things like that. Uh, and, and it's really nice because it's an experience. It's not just a, like, I, I don't walk up to a bar anymore and just slam a shot down. I just don't. You know, I like to experience it, especially if I'm paying for it. You know, mm-hmm. well, the older you get, and I'm looking at you, the the more you realize I'm you don't have old. much time left. So you really need to enjoy those. I don't have much moment. time left. <laughs> really need to enjoy those minutes that you have. You know, when you say those things, a little part it's of little me ominous. dies inside. Okay. Fortunately, it's the part of me that cares. Well, you only have to worry until about five sixteen p.m. this afternoon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just Aww. kidding, just kidding. Is there a? Okay. I thought you had a murder song. <laughs> I could come up with one. Slayer on a ukulele. Hmm. Have you ever heard that uh, mashup with uh, Slayer and the B-52s doing? Raining blood? No. Oh my God, it's hilarious. Look it up on YouTube. Okay. It's just like, raining blood. 
God. That's fantastic. People All right. having fun. It's just it's so it's so ridiculous. So what do you think? OBSQ, would you do it again? Now, this is fantastic. This is super spicy. It is exactly what you said. It is very spicy. And what's surprising is the the what they said on here about the um, flavors. They said floral, uh, spicy, medium body. This is very understated. Floral, yes. Get that uh, right off the nose. Cinnamon. Spicy. Like, holy cow spicy. Yeah. It's very spicy. This is... Fantastic. Uh, if you're going to have a cigar with this, you need to go with something medium to full-bodied um, because it's going to matter. It's going to make a big difference because um, uh, this will bury anything on the lighter side, I think, you know, anything Connecticut or um, maybe even that punch that we had earlier. I mm. mean, I think that this would almost bury the flavors on mm. it. But it's so good, and this makes me want to pair it with, with like, a vanilla ice cream almost because – while there is some vanilla in this, you don't get a lot, but I think that it would be a nice pairing, so something that would work well together. I could totally see that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Something with some fruits like banana flavors and things like that, too, would go really well with it as well. So. Well, earlier when I, when I was making jokes about, uh, about barrel pick, but you definitely should do it. You should come with us. We should do one. Man, so much fun. Barrel pick sounds like so much fun. I totally want to do it. So if, any of you if Cruz that... is back in town, I guess he can come too. <laughs> I'm not super excited about that, but okay. When Cruz comes back into town, he's not going to let me do a whole show with eight <laughs> percent plus. Speaking of which, we got a few minutes left in this uh, in this thing. Let's get on to. Oh, you know what? You brought uh, from Eureka Heights has a product called Fizzy Pants. We teased it earlier. And this is your uh, hard seltzer. Everybody makes hard seltzer. We did. Hard seltzer is so hot right now. And really, I brought these. So I'm I'm not historically a um, much of a seltzer guy. Uh-huh. I've become a seltzer guy because we produce it. We produce them. I find myself drinking probably more seltzer than anything else these days. So as previously embarrassed me, right? <laughs> would would never admit are, are to. You I'm, I'm actually with that? fine. I'm totally secure with it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I, I was expecting we might need some actual palate cl- cleansers. And well, you brought against, the Nuke to Wales. That's true. So, I mean, how much palate cleanser two, do you need? I brought exactly two palate cleansers, Nuke the Wales and a 12-pack <laughs> of fizzy pants. <laughs> but the joke, by the way, if you're not picking up on that one, uh, is Nuke the Wales is so extreme that it's not even close to a palate cleanser. Right. I don't know how much is pouring in here because it's going into two parts of it, so I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> yeah, the middle... The, yeah, the, the middle. So cup what is we're full. pouring in? This is the uh, so your your line of seltzer is called Fizzy Pants. Let me hold that up to the camera right there. Let's see it. And uh, uh, I love the names on it, by the way. So this is a Fizzy Pants Peach, zero grams sugar, one hundred calories, two grams carbs. So this is like if you're um, uh, if you're uh, watching your intake a little bit. This is a this is a pretty low calorie. Drink soft and peachy. Hold on to your fuzz. This fantastic liquid is ready to make your day. No need to move into the country. Did it sound like I was just speaking out of Joel's mouth? Mm-hmm. That sounds exactly like something mm-hmm. you would say. Move into the country. Five percent. Eat a lot of peaches. Five <laughs> percent alcohol by volume. Tell me, uh, tell me how this is made. Well, it's brewed for one. So it's, so it's brewed, which brewed. is different than most of them are. I don't know about most. Or, but, or a large. But you could uh, theoretically make seltzer by getting tap water, throwing some vodka in it, carbonating it, and adding some 
the flavor little drops if you of want. crystal light in there and call little, it a day little, do- little drops of crystal light yep <laughs> I, I don't know say why that's, that's how most people of. do it, but you could definitely do it that way. <laughs> you could do it that way. <laughs> so this smells I've just had peachy. an idea for a new company. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is our most or second most popular flavor. It's not the sweet. peach. It's not. Um, it's absolute best quality is that it's not sweet. This is, this tastes, uh, and I drink a, a lot of the LaCroix uh, or just sparkling flavored waters that just have the flavor essences in there. I drink a lot of those, like the grapefruit and the orange and all that stuff. This tastes like that with a, the tiniest hint of sweetness, but not. Right. Which, and it does not have that gross sugar, like Aspartame, not sugar, but uh, sort of fake sweetness. Fake sugar yeah. aftertaste that absolutely turns me off on almost every one of them. This is actually quite delicious. Well, it's it's good to hear you say that. I the, feel a little weird saying it, actually. Well, the team was very worried about that, what you were going to say about I know, it. I know. So I think that there's probably a collective sigh of relief at the brewery right now. <laughs> They're all going, Ian liked it. Uh, yeah, he likes a, us. That's, a, that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> so which one's your favorite flavor? you got four, four of them. Grapefruit's my favorite. I think it's the least popular mm. of all of them. The grapefruit, uh, we tried that uh, right before uh, the show, and it has a much more subtle flavor. But I like it much in the same way that I like the... Uh, uh, the Pamplemousse LaCroix. Ooh. Ooh. That's right. That <laughs> That's, is my favorite of the LaCroix. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Pamplemousse. Pample. I say Pamplemousse. I say Pamplemousse. That's probably not right. <laughs> but, um, you know, this, this is, uh, like, seltzer-wise, this is much more enjoyable because it's not sugary. It's You're just, just saying that because I'm here. That's that's true, too, but, um, but only partially. <laughs> like, sometimes I want to hurt your feelings, you know. <laughs> That's the relationship really. we have. I'm You're actually, uh, no, I'm really surprised because we did a blind taste test uh, a few months back where we tried so many brands and some of them were just horrific, like yeah. just terrible, terrible things. Um, and there was a couple that are pretty good. Oscar Blues <laughs> makes fizzy water now. Really? How weird is that? I wasn't aware. <laughs> so they make good beer, they make hard seltzer, and they make bicycles. It's very bizarre. <laughs> Did you know they made bicycles? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're nice bicycles too. So, yeah. So uh, the whole the whole uh, seltzer thing is very strange to me. I I grew up, uh, you know, went to college in Oklahoma, uh, but you know, seltzers weren't really a thing back in the early nineties. Let's talk about when Zima. I, <laughs> Zima was a thing. <laughs> And you get a Jolly Rancher and you drop it in there See? to give it Everybody flavor. knows the trick. Yeah. That stuff was so fizzy it was almost undrinkable. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, that was one of its problems. <laughs> I like how you say almost undrinkable. <laughs> almost undrinkable. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the whole the whole seltzer craze was sort of odd to me, which I guess, you know, it's understandable with the keto, you know, low Yeah, low everyone's washing calories. Yeah, yeah. And when you, when you pick up something, you know it's got 100 even. You can count your calories that way. Right. Super easy to do. It's on the, it's on the packaging. It's up, there's, you know, it's up in the There's a lot of center. beers uh, that have been coming out that are lighter in calories, uh, uh, like made by founders, made by uh, a whole bunch of different uh, Sure. A whole bunch of different We calories. did a low-cal v- uh, version of Buckle Bunny, you know, just kind of testing the waters there. And How did it turn out? Thighs. Delicious, is it? <laughs> Buckle Bunny is such a great beer. Let's all right. Let's do this. Let's uh, come up with a couple more beers. Judge them uh, right on time or past this prime. As a matter of fact, you know what? 
Let's do something good. I feel like we need to open this Orval. Let's right? open because there's this a story. Orval. There's a story behind it. I want you to tell it. me all about the Orval. So, uh, the let's look at this bottle here. The same joke every every single time. Uh, there is a man named Michael Jackson who is a prolific beer writer. Yes. And everyone says different Michael Jackson than the. Michael and you always Jackson. have to take a minute to explain that it's not the same Michael Jackson who uh, who danced and wrote to Billie Jean. It's a not different the Michael thriller, Jackson. Michael not Jackson. the thriller. No. Right, didn't turn into a werewolf. Uh, prolific beer writer. Um, his so you know well known. Um, his oh, his literature is, beer. Is, is like the literature on beer. And... Yeah, certainly from like the mid '80s, mm-hmm. you know, early '90s until uh, until he passed. Uh, he his favorite beer is two year old aged Orval. Orval is a Trappist uh, brewery, and uh, this is it's a it's a little bit funky. It's a little bit uh, horse blankety. Right, it's got a little Britannomyces. It's got a little bit of that wild yeast, horse blankety in this in this beer. His favorite beer, uh, and you guys, I might get some hate mail here. I might be paraphrasing or, or or telling a story where the facts don't necessarily line up. But his favorite beer is two year old Orval, and so I have a bottle that was, uh, I think, it was bottled July of 2019. Yep. 2407-2019. So I thought that if we're going to have some, if we're going to have a show on aged beers, we probably should have something that we know is going to be good. This might, I don't think it'll be a gusher, but you might want to have some cups ready. Because it's, it does have a little bit of bottle. It's got a little bit of that. A little bottle fermentation. Fizz going on. Oh, not gushing. Okay, good. Yeah, it's and, definitely fizzy though. Yeah, and they're 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 known for this sort of weird bowling pin. It does shape. It is very much like a bowling pin. Is this uh, the only beer that they make? I uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Hmm. I've Good never even question, considered right? that question. <laughs> I caught you totally unprepared. Huh. I, I would assume so. I don't know of anything else, but I don't know. So this is aged two oh. years. Have you had it fresh? I have. It's delicious fresh. Absolutely it's, delicious fresh. It it's smells brighter. fantastic. Yeah. You're going to get more complexity as it ages. You know, fresh is going to be, like, cleaner, more aromatic. Um, but you really get that, that barnhouse funk. Which Saddle is what you blanket, play you in the, on the lead-ins, right? It's Barnhouse <laughs> Funk. God, the nose on that. There's a lot of head on this beautiful. as well. Well, all, every time a bubble pops, you get a little bit more aroma from that beer. That's, <laughs> that's the best <laughs> saying ever. On that note, we're going to come back with tasting notes on this. Mm. <laughs> we're gonna, we'll be back shortly. Smoking and toasting. We're out. That was amazing. We have five minutes left, and that's it. All right, welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, everybody. I'm not as used to hitting those uh, breaks in the music as uh, Cruz is, but I'm working on it. We're getting there. Cruz uh, left us alone this week. He uh, gave us the keys to the 
convertible, so to speak, and we're driving in a little out of control today. We have had how many beers do we have over there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve beers so far. Let's make it fifteen. We're going for fifteen, and they selected the last few for the lightning round. I want to tell you that that Orvel that we uh, just had, the two-year-old Orvel, is absolutely delectable. You liked yes. it, huh? Yes, it's, it's dry. Good. It is dry. It's like wine. Funky. It's like a dry white wine almost. Hmm. But it's good. It's, it's, There's a little tartness to it, too. Look at all this crazy mess we have going on over here because all this excessive drinking. This, yeah, this uh, this table is just a. I don't know if you guys need to upgrade of, of get a larger here. table. We got a couple uh, small ones left here. Okay. Are right, you pouring or my pouring? What are we pouring first? You selected the beers for the lightning round. The last little lightning round of what we got. Uh, we're playing a game called Passes Prime or Right on Time. These things are aged forever. Okay, this is a Divine Reserve 6. And I don't necessarily Six is 2008. appreciate how you said that I selected these. You hand selected them. I saw your hands go in there and select them. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, DR6. You want to tell us something about it? The Divine Reserve? Give me a second. I'll have yeah. it up here. And then we've got 12, and we got Bishop 6 behind it. So we've got a 12 and a Bishop 6. Okay, so the DR6 is an American barley wine. Here we are again. Perfect. My old friend. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you forgot about this for the entire show. Now I have my hands on it. Uh, this big, malty, hoppy barley wine, yet with all its intense flavors, they meld together to create a well-balanced big beer. Blah, blah, blah. This was uh, April 21st, 2008. Original gravity, 1.094. Final gravity, 1.019. Alcohol, 10% ABV. I just want to say that this is a beautiful beer. Look at that ruby. Mm. Ruby highlights. Yes. This is, and it's still super clear. Look at that. It's still got carbonation. And it's still carbonated. I smell a little hops, but it's got a very malt forward, kind of roasty oh, malt for sure. forward profile. But that's a Brock Wagner sort of trait, right? He he's he's always been super malt forward. This is delicious. This is still delicious. I'm profiling you right now. Are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a uh San Arnold fanboy. Get in line, bro. I mean, come on. Uh, but uh, what do you think? I'm, mm, I'm going to say that one's It's It's that so is. malty, and the hops are way far in the back, and that it's round. Past, that one's past its prime. You think it's past its prime? I give it right on time. You say I'm past its prime. Mm. Let's get another Divine Reserve to palate cleanse. DR12. DR12 to palate cleanse. I like where you're going with this. DR12. Let's scroll down. DR8. 1112. This is an old ale. Beer was inspired by David Rogers' winning entry in the 2011 Big Batch Brew Bash uh, homebrew competition. This is coming in at uh, 10% as well. And I want to say that the comments that we make have no bearing on the original release of these beers. No, Only as a fact- matter of fact, these beers were highly sought after when they were originally released. People would stand in line outside of uh, Specs and other places for, like, hours and hours. Rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so. But mm. these have been aged. What year was this? Uh, let's see. This is from 2012. So, you know, that's a... <laughs> That's nine That's years. Wild. I'm still getting lots of uh, raisin, sort of plum. 
It's, uh, this is very sweet. Very sweet. It hasn't gone to weird, like, bitterness oh. or anything. Hmm. Yeah. Get raisin. There's a, um, there's a brown little, sugar is what yeah, I was going there's for. There's a little kind of tangy offness at the mm. very end of it. That's my nickname in high school. <laughs> they still call you that. <laughs> um, which, uh, is uh, a little off-putting at the end of it, but I feel like this is the kind of thing where you can drink through it. You like if you keep drinking, you won't get the aftertaste until yeah. the very end. And then you only get it once, right? So, but you're a trooper. Okay, so Just drink through it once, and then you don't have to worry this, about it anymore. This is right on time if you like to drink raisins, because it really yep. does taste like crushed raisins at this point in time. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely a bad thing, but I'm going to say I'm going to say past this prime. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would go with that. You know, don't don't age your beers without without a reason to age your beers. Is this is this wisdom from the from someone who has seen so many delicious beers? And which number is this? Run past its prime twelve, I think. Twelve, number two. Let's see. Nine, mm-hmm. 11, 12, Christmas Ale in Sauvignon Blanc with cherries and Brettanomyces. I feel like we had a Divine Reserve that was that. That was with cherries added. It wasn't with the Brettanomyces, though, right? Yeah, I don't think any of the Divines had wild yeast. Yeah, so that that was the... That's interesting. So this is very obviously Pumpkinator. Bishop Six. Because you get that spice, right? That clove. Get that pumpkin spice. Oh, this is the six that we're drinking now, yes. Yeah. Bishop six. No wonder I was reading about the wrong one. Yeah. Aged in rum barrels. This is from uh, oh, yeah. 2013. Yes, yeah, so you get the rum for sure. So this has a this has a very strict kind of bitterness to the finish. Not not particularly bitter, but I can see where because it was on oak, sort of that tannic. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's got this kind of cutoff point. It just goes snap and then it's bitter. Hmm. Not in a bad way, totally, but it's interesting. Yeah, you know the best part of watching you guys try these beers is trying to remember which ones you really liked. All of them. <laughs> it's like he says all of them. <laughs> we love beer. Just thankful to be here. We love beer. You like six. The uh, the pumpkinator, this old, it really mellows it out. It yeah. mellows out the spices <clears throat> substantially. We talked about that. Like one yeah. year old pumpkinator is so good. Two year old pumpkinator is so good. This you know, is bitter. It really hits that that sweet spot between the spices expressing themselves and the rest of the beer stepping up. I'd be interested to try this next to a fresh pumpkinator and see the difference. Just a stark difference like that. That would be kind of fun. Next week? <laughs> is Cruz still going to be out of town? We can take over this show for all time. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Got something in your throat. Yeah. Like. <laughs> all right. That wraps it up for today, folks. We uh, we appreciate you coming around joining us on our uh, ridiculous journey. Today was a fun day where we tried so many really old beers. The combined age of these beers is old. <laughs> <laughs> a 
agreed. We tried old beer today, and not the style old beer, just old beer. And all things considered, really so much more pleasant than I had expected. Surprisingly, actually, there are quite a few that they really that did hold up. Maybe not right on time, maybe a little past their prime, but still not bad. So keep them refrigerated. I so think past his prime yeah. or right on time? Hey, that's up for you to decide. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys, uh, we are smoking a toast and brought to you by uh, MyCigarShirts.com. Please go online, check it out. Supporting them supports us. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Cheers. 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 Yeah.